Hello, and thanks for finding us. Karam Deo is a local church in Denver, Colorado. We're a network of friends following Jesus together. Join us for preaching, teaching, announcements, and other musings. Uh, could I get a couple people to pass around the clip, each of these clipboards? There's one for each side. And then there's also a set of worksheets and pens that everyone needs one pen and one worksheet for today's little mini workshop. So a quick little intro, and then how this is gonna go, Matt and I are gonna kinda tag team, guiding us through this reflection space for the next 45 minutes or so. And this is kind of a segue activity from our practices. So the last nine-ish months, We'd been talking through some rule of life and some spiritual practices that we would define as kind of Karam Deo's rule of life, our communal rule of life. So these six practices we've talked about at length. I'm going to continue to update things on the website to resource all of you so that we can slowly, slowly integrate these into our habits and life. And in many ways, this activity if these spiritual practices are kind of at the base of the pyramid of just really practical things, habits, things you're trying to put into your daily and weekly life, this activity today is guiding us in more of the long-term like desire and goal setting. So we're gonna guide everyone through kind of a miniature version of something called a story lab. And the outcome and goal is for you to better articulate a controlling idea that's guiding your sense of calling and mission. And at the heart of Karam Deo, at the heart of what we're doing as a church community and a network of smaller communities, is trying to increase the surface area so as many of us as possible get to participate and think about our walk with Jesus in this kind of lens. Rather than just, you know, me and Matt who are serving in a pastoral role helping lead the community that it's a shared vision. So that what's the vision of Karam? It's that we're creating an environment that actually empowers all of us to hear from the Lord and clarify our sense of mission and calling, whether that's through our vocation, our jobs, our families, our friends, all those things. So that is the intro. And really, this is a workshop, but more so what this little PDF is, is a tool that we'd invite you guys to use prayerfully. And so this might be something that you do quarterly or twice a year or at minimum annually as you're reflecting on your rule of life. And so this is as much a practical tool as it is an exercise in prayer, reflection, and honestly, re-surrendering our lives to the will of God, re-surrendering our lives to Jesus. So, yeah. I think as we start, I think the significance of story matters in our life. We all have an underlining story that is the foundation that dictates a lot of our decisions. And I think the beauty, you've heard me over and over say this, the beauty of the God story, the Bible, is there is a meta-narrative of God and his story and his hope for the world. And I think... Um, when I realize that I got to be part of that story, God's not just a piece of my story. I get to be a part of his story. It kind of reframed my whole life. It invited me into a plot line 
that actually has shaped my last 20 years. And it sounds so simple, but really when it hit deep, I was in Cambodia, and if you were here a few weeks ago, you've heard me say this over and over, but I was in Cambodia and it hit me like, no way, I'm a part of God's story. And it just, it sounds not that profound, but for me at that moment, it sunk deep and changed how I viewed what religion was about. It invited me into an adventure of how I parent, how I form a business, how I do everything. So I think this storyline shapes really who we are. And I think even as um, I'll read this verse as we start out, it's Psalms 8, 4 through 7. And it says, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care. When I look at the heavens and wor the work of your hands, the moon and the stars, which is set in its place, what is man that you are mindful of him? You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. There's some, if we really take that into place of what we're stepping into, from the beginning, God invited us into his story and he wanted partnership. He's like, no, 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 I'm choosing to partner with Karam Deo, with Donnie Stone, with Justin Sayo, all of us, to actually let his plot line come to be. And that's a reverent moment that I think Karam Deo, we want to embrace. And I think here's, here's the distinguishing factor. If we don't embrace that, we have American stories that if we don't think about it, are flowing us down river, and that story is happening in our lives. And a few of these are consumerism of our culture will take over. It needs to be the best. It needs to rule our lives. The more we get, the better. Individualism, separate ourselves, let us stick out, is the primary message. Materialism, if I have more, it dictates my success. Power, who am I? Who, when I walk in a room, am I bigger than? Who's bigger than me? Or you switch it the other way. You're a victim. Oh, I always get the short end of the stick, don't I? Why is it? Those are storylines that subconsciously run our story. And the beauty of what we're doing today is God saying, you're invited into a bigger story. Those data points don't dictate your life. There's a bigger data point that you're invited into, and God's partnered with you to be part of it. So I think it's beautiful, and the big thing we'll see here, even though we're reflecting on it, is it's not about what you do, it's who you are. And God's calling us all back together as a family to say, who are you? And how's the world different when you walk in? So this is the invitation to the story. And I'd say the big thing with Karam Deo is, We've set from the beginning, Karam Deo, to function out of everyone participating. So these August gatherings are meant about reviewing what our core values are. And one of our biggest core values is participating together and taking risk. And if you've been here long enough, if you don't participate, you'll probably get frustrated. And this is an invitation together to say, hey, we all have a role to lock arms with the Lord and participate as a family. So the core value out of anything we do today is an invitation again from Karam to say, please participate. We want to grow from you. We want to be affected to, with you. And we want to live into God's story with you. That's why we're doing this today. All right.
So we'll get to it. Picking up on the theme Matt just shared, the story of God and participation. So kind of the invitation of this exercise is to try and reflect prayerfully and define a subplot within God, the God story for your own life. What are you called to do, especially acutely in this season and stage of life that you're at? So at the top of this, there's this little line that you could fill in. It says title or domain, which is kind of a strange uh, cue. What I mean by that is try and name the thing that you are about to reflect on. So I'll give you two examples, two options here. One, you could just put my life. <laughs> so you could think about this on more of a meta level of what is the deepest desire and calling of my whole life. Or you could think about it within a specific domain. Maybe you're in a season where there's some transition in your career or you just became a new mom or you just transitioned and moved to a new place. So maybe you wanna engage this exercise with a narrow focus on one specific domain of life, like parenthood or my small business I run, okay? So you can do more meta, life, mission, vision, or you could pick a specific area of your life. So I'm just gonna say a prayer uh, to kind of kick us off, but you'll see here, essentially what we're doing is we're guiding you guys through reflecting on a story map. So any good story has a character that wants something. That's the first activity we'll do. That character is gonna face obstacles that get in the way of that happening. And then that character is inevitably gonna meet a guide who's gonna help them overcome those obstacles. And they're gonna give them a plan. They have to actually do something. They have to take risk. They have to try. And then that's either gonna lead to a successful ending or if it's a dramatic movie or story, it ends in failure, right? So we're gonna walk through this story map in the lens of kind of the kingdom of God and the mission of God. And you'll see hopefully as we go, Matt and I will add some commentary on each of these stages, how that story plot line is shaped when it's a part of God's grand story. So uh, I'll just say a quick prayer and then Matt will guide us through the first one. Father, we invite you here into this room as we just consecrate some time and set apart some time. I pray that you'd slow down our minds, you'd free us of distraction, and we just ask that it'd be easy to have some cl clarity and awareness on our own thoughts and reflections, and also I ask that you'd be close and near and speaking to us. So I invite you into this first question, the deepest kingdom desires that you have. I think I, I started out with even the first few chapters of the Bible, our God inviting man into dream with him. And I just remember where he's like, Adam, what do you desire for these animals to be named? What do you long for? And I think a thing with this is Genesis was written to when Israel was coming out of slavery. They thought they were slaves. And Moses wrote Genesis to give them a new identity of partnership and participation and love as sons and daughters who belong. And God leans into them to actually bring impact to the world around them. And I just pictured that's right where we're at. It's God again, every time we're in prayer with this, inviting us in and saying, what do you desire for the world around you. So that's my first question is, what do you want 
That's what this question is. What do you want? Psalms 37.4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You are a main character of your own story, and God is dividing, inviting you to want something. <laughs> so I, it's weird, I think, in the Christian world a little bit, where like desire feels a little wrong. But I think in the world, God invites you to desire. Desire, this word is a little scary. Why is it scary? Because once you speak out a desire, I want this, now you can fail. <laughs> Until you speak out desire, you can't fail. You can be a victim. You can blame others. But when you desire, you're saying, God, with the story you've given me, I want this. And it makes you lean into participation with God, makes you lean into family. But that's the first question that I want you guys to ask yourself and prayerfully invite the Lord into you. What do you want? Because you're meant to want something. We're made to be passionate, purposeful people. So this first question is desire. What with God do you want? So I'm going to give you four minutes actually just do a little prayer reflection and just jot down what do you want what do you desire what is God putting on your heart and for many of you this might be scary and I just invite you to lean into that scariness and say what do I want so you got a little a little less than four minutes to dig into that
four minutes. So if anyone just snuck in, uh, there's more worksheets in the back. We're guiding through an activity today. Um, again, Matt and I are aware, you know, to sit with this might take 45 minutes or an hour, but we're trying to give enough time that you can actually prayerfully jot down some things and feel kind of confident in the tool and then, you know, continue to follow up on it after. So part two. The next question, the next key part of any good story is the problem that you're facing. What is getting in the way of those desires? And there's four dimensions that we want to invite you to reflect on here. So I'm just going to explain each of these four words, and then we'll hold some more space for you to reflect. So what's getting in the way externally of you pursuing this desire, this kingdom desire, this mission, this passion? External problems that are getting in the way could be circumstances, could be season of life, factors outside of your control. So just giving some space to name what are the things circumstantially going on that are in the way. Internal would be more attitudes and emotions. So what are the things within your control in your own attitude or the, the things that are holding you back? Existential would be things like beliefs or paradigms or cultural forces. And those beliefs and paradigms, those beliefs might be true beliefs or false beliefs. So maybe there's true beliefs you need to actually commit to and follow through. Or maybe there's false beliefs we need to remove because they're barriers keeping us stuck. And then the last one, this is kind of fun, adversary. So can you, after you've done those first three, can you actually personify and name an adversary? So like I, I did this literally this morning and I drew a cute little picture. I wrote the discouragement monster. <laughs> so try and summarize and name what is the thing that's getting in the way. All right, we'll hold about four, four or five minutes for this step.
I'm going to move us on. Um, obviously, you don't have near enough time to reflect, so I hope we're just, you know, kicking stuff off for you. As we move to this next stage, I think, I've been trying to live a life of being part of God's story for 20 years, and it never gets easier. I think it's, but it's made me appreciate the power of the gospel. There's the power of the gospel. There's, there's two-handed. One hand's the purpose of the gospel, the other hand's the power of the gospel. And the left hand is this idea that we're meant to desire and try to change and bring impact to the world. I'm sick of people being lonely. I'm sick of depression ruining our lives. I'm sick of people lack of dreaming. The more I run into that, the more I fail. And then I need, I need the impact of the gospel. I need the grace that says, it's okay, you failed, get back up and do it again. It's the purpose and the passion of the gospel. And this is what we're inviting us into. The beauty of following Jesus is Jesus gives us the grace that it's forgiven, it's done. Get back up and engage the purpose of the gospel again. So as we enter into this next phase, it's saying, what do you need? I think the be most beautiful thing about being purposeful and living with desire in a gospel framework is it meant to to be needy. What do you need to impact your desire? This is a place where we're learning to tool up and school up. And I love this. This is where the church comes in, what makes it fun. It's not an event. It's like a community. The word for church originally was ecclesia. 
and that was a Roman word, and the ecclesia of a city before Paul named the church the ecclesia, was a group of officials who had passion for the city, who would come together with different giftings and learn how to make a lasting change and impact to the city they belonged to, the ecclesia of a city. And actually, this is where that comes alive, where all of us look around and say, I want to do this. It's God-given. But when you do it, you realize you fail, and I need help. I think over the last 20 years, and if you've done stuff with me long enough, I'm like, I can't do what God's calling me to do without Dave. And you guys can read into that and think why that is true, <laughs> right? But that's the church. We need each other. So what we're forming Karam Deo is say, we all have desires, and then look around and say, what do I need from each other to accomplish this? So here's the question for you guys. Who do you need to ask help from? What kind of giftings do you need to ask somebody else to partner with you with? What kind of schooling maybe do you need to go and get? And here's a few ideas to this. One is people are never meant to dream or desire alone. Two, here's another piece for you as we're engaging this idea. Momentum um, in a dream is God's responsibility. Obedience is ours. Sometimes we quit when we don't feel momentum in our dreams. Momentum's God's responsibility. Our responsibility is obedience. Asking Dave, Dave, will you move here? Because I can't do it without you. Another one is learning to celebrate brokenness as a badge to wear. We have a friend named John Peterson. He got kicked out of three churches in his 20s and said, you have no spiritual gifts to offer. <laughs> they go, you have, in four years, he got kicked out of three churches. No moral failure. They're like, you literally just have nothing to offer. <laughs> literally, he did nothing wrong. And he was ready to quit, and he's sitting in the back of a church, and a guy from the front looked at him and said, I don't know you, but the Lord says, resignation denied. So he stuck with it, and now he's in his 70s, and he goes, those stories are my badges. That's what I actually speak with celebration of, because that's where I needed Jesus to accomplish it. I would say this, and then I'll leave us on. I've talked too long. Dave's shaking his finger at me. Transformation is a matter of self-discovery, not becoming somebody else. Let me see this. When you realize your need, it's not me becoming Dave. It's actually me just living into myself and asking help from other people because that's how we're designed to live. So it's you becoming more yourself, not becoming someone else. So now as I release you, I would say, as you're dreaming with the Lord, we're meant to impact our city, change things. What do you need? What giftings do you need around you? What help do you need? Because we're never meant to do it alone. So I'd say prayerfully and vulnerably ask that. Because changing the world is a vulnerable thing. And that's what the church is meant to do and Karam Deo is meant to do. So we'll take uh, three minutes here and actually just prayerfully reflect on what do you need
next step is what's the plan? So this is something we've actually talked about quite a bit in the last few years around Chrome. I'll just read a few notes here. What are you currently doing to steward those dreams and desires? Maybe it's a lot. Maybe you're actually trying really hard. Or maybe it's not much at all. But this quote, this has stuck with me, heard this maybe four or five years ago. Here's the honest truth. Your system is perfectly designed to give you the results you're getting. So all the things you've reflected on thus far, the desires, those problems and things getting in the way, those attitudes, emotions, the circumstances, all of that collectively is producing the results you're getting. So if you feel tired, you feel exhausted, you feel discouraged, then you, we need to change how we're living. We need to change the relationships. We need to change the practices, the habits. We need to change the attitudes. So the first step here is to just try and name out what are you currently trying to do to move towards those prayers and desires? And then the second part is the more exciting, and in some ways this is the crux of the whole activity, is what's the modified plan? What's the updated plan? This is a place to both brainstorm and also hear the Lord and get some creative direction. How does your rule of life need to change? What practices and habits do you need to put in place? Or maybe it's just a prayerful action. Maybe out of this whole activity, there's just one person the Lord's highlighting you need to go reach out to. So we'll hold about four minutes for this part just to map out both of those prompts.
going to pull you back to the next section. This is success. This is what we should long for. I love this verse. It's Romans 8, 19. For creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. The whole world is groaning for freedom to be had. And I love it because the world is eagerly waiting for us to live into our dreams, for us to know who we are. And this is more about who we are than what we do. Who we are. Because you'll never reproduce in other things that you haven't cultivated in your own heart as a son and daughter of the king. So this is what I want to take a moment for you to envision what it looks like to be successful. And almost invite this into a prayer practice. Something Tanya and I do is we have a three-step process for this. Is I actually got say, Lord, help me envision what I'm supposed to look like. But I start out with reviewing how I'm feeling that day. I go, God, help me understand even what I'm feeling. So I review what I'm feeling. So I review, Lord, help me feel that. And then I say, renew what I'm feeling. So I invite you in to speak into myself of what success looks like. Like, really, this is the piece. Like, Show me, Lord, remind me, let me vision myself renewed into this plan of what I'm supposed to look like. And then the prayer exercise is preview. God, help me practice actually believing that. So next time, the adversary, what was Dave's, I think the discouragement monster comes in, that I say, no, 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 I've practiced living into who I actually am. So this is a moment, just we're going to take two minutes for you to say your whole plan of actually envision success. Get that renew place. The Lord wants to actually say, no, no, this is who you are as you're successful. So may you actually take two minutes and invite the Lord in to show you a picture of what it means to live successfully into this desire that you have from the beginning. So two minutes.
All right. So I'm going to bring us to the last part, and then Matt will kind of invite us to share a little bit. Failure. The story that comes to my mind every time we go through one of these story maps is years ago, Matt was back in Iowa at this little country church out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I think he had some supporters from his missionary days in this community. And he preaches this sermon and talked all about discipleship and everything he's probably shared today. And this little old lady, like 85, comes up at the end of the message and to talk to him and goes, oh, that was amazing. Discipleship. Oh, that's amazing. I could never do that. I could never do that. And on one level, this here's the honest truth. I'm sure that woman is a deeply faithful child of God. And I'm sure she's actually done far more for the kingdom of God than she even realizes in her life. But the tragedy and sadness of that story is, what do you mean? Yes, you could. And I think in the kingdom of God, the beautiful thing is that, like Matt said earlier, failures become our badges, right? The only thing really at stake is if we don't try, then we miss out. And, and even Matt's two fists of the gospel, their honest truth is it's in the midst of our failures that the power and reality of the gospel becomes real for us again. And we realize how deep our need is and how much we actually, how good, how good of news the gospel actually is. And so the real risk, what in the kingdom of God, unlike movies or books, in the kingdom of God, the only failure is not trying and not taking a risk. And then when we do actually fail, we have a dream, we make a plan, we try to execute, and it fails. It's actually just kind of a part of our transformation, and it's, in all honesty and retrospect, becomes a huge success in the kingdom. So, I'll just give you a minute or two to kind of, in closing here, try and name what's at stake for you with these desires you've written. What is at stake? What, what would failure look like if we let those obstacles get in the way and prevent us from trying? As you finish up, 
I think that last question is so significant just to acknowledge because sometimes what we do is not name our fears. So we just avoid them. Our failures are our fears, right? And I think if we want to accomplish our mission, it's actually meant to acknowledge this could happen. And I'm not afraid of it anymore. Because what happens is if we're afraid of something, we usually avoid it. And if you avoid something, it's hard to love it. And if you really want to change something in the world and you're afraid of it, you really can't change what you don't love in the power of the gospel. So you see all these missions in the church. You say, go out and do mission. And you see people avoiding fear and they run and drop a bomb and then come back. And really the invitation is love the world. Be in the world. Don't fear the world because we got a God who's so powerful. Be alive, fully alive in the world. And you can look at what could happen as failure and say, I see that could happen and I'm not afraid anymore. We're going to invite you into two questions. But I would say this, and this is uh, the whole point of what we're doing today, is a core value of the rest of the earth, Crom, is participation together. Kingdom dreams are connected with each other in family. By one person's obedience, living out their dreams, it will allow other people to live in their dreams. We need each other. We need to hear from each other to live out dreams. When we hear a family speak out dreams, it sparks contagious courage in our hearts. When we hear a friend say, I'll lock arms with you and I'll take responsibility with your dream with you, it put courage in our heart that we don't need to submit to failure or the other messages coming from culture of what defines success. So I'd just say we need each other. This is church. We need each other to do the things you have written on your paper. And this is the, even the significance of what we just said. And it's a little phrase. It says, a dream written down becomes a goal. A goal broken into steps becomes a plan. And a plan backed by action becomes reality. And the church says we do that together. So I just invite us the rest of the time, the, my charge is the rest of the year, let's try things together. Let's participate. Thanks for listening. If you want to connect further, please visit us at www.cdchurch.org.